0: Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on?
1: Not too much, David. We're just days away here. I can't believe it. Just, it yeah. feels like, it really feels, I mean, it kind of, it's weird. It feels like it was a long time ago, but it also feels like it wasn't that long ago when he got, got swept by the Bucks.
0: Yeah, uh, and the Heat just in time to save the day in a in a pretty uh, dark week for South Florida sports. Here, yeah.
1: yeah, not a not a fun time for the South Florida football fan, I would say. And I guess baseball too. I mean, the Marlins have had some encouraging developments.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Marlins it's been over for a while that I actually think the last couple of weeks have been pretty yeah. positive. But yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, there've yeah, been some positive signs for the Marlins. We yeah, have the Dolphins. Just I mean, it's one game, but I mean, you and I were both at that Bills game last week. That was a very ugly. And then for Tua to get hurt. And right. now he's just cracking. injury, ribs, right? Two okay. injury, yeah. And then, you know, the Hurricanes, it's more than the Deer King injury, but because they already have two losses, but uh, a lot of it, too, is just the Deer King injury and, and the fact that who knows when he'll be back.
0: Yeah, so it's all up to the Heat and the Panthers. Yeah. And Inter Miami.
1: And Inter Miami, yeah. is
0: like good now. Well, they yeah. played a night, I think, so maybe they're, maybe they're crash back to Earth, but. And uh, in, in Inter-Miami, we'll say them for now at least.
1: I'm actually going to the Inter-Miami game tonight. Well, oh, nice. I haven't been yeah, yet. Yeah, this will be dated. But yeah, I've never been either. This is my first be my first time, so I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like.
0: Yeah, um, as we were talking about before we started recording, we're we're kind of Miami snobs. We don't trek up to Broward County very often, so it's a rarity for you.
1: How is Inter-Miami playing Broward? I just, I don't understand it, but I'll let it slide. Until yeah. I mean, I, I guess they'll they plan on making the stadium in Miami at some point, but... Who knows? But it seems like that there.
0: stadium there is kind of nice. So, like, are they going to want to yeah. move out of it? Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and you know what? Like, there's a lot of soccer fans in Broward, too, and Palm Beach. And
0: in Palm Beach, yeah. It's set, more accessible. It's nice central in some ways.
1: Yeah, where exactly. People
0: say that about, like, every time there was a stadium in, like, North Miami or Broward, and it feels like everyone just wants to get to downtown when they can. Whether I it's New Orleans coming back to Little Havana, or yes. uh, obviously Inner miami wants to get. Somewhere
1: downtown. Obviously, it worked for the heat downtown. Yeah, you've been you've been to American Airlines Arena. Well, I guess FTX Arena now. Wow, that's going to take a while for me to, yeah. to get that right. But you've been to it many times. I mean, there's, no, I I've been to every NBA arena I think except Golden Golden State's um the new, new arena. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's another arena with better real estate than FTX. Like it's just on the water. Over, you know, looking out at the bay, uh, right very close to Miami Beach and in, in downtown, like it's just you can't beat that. So I don't blame yeah, pretty good. it's me. either
0: that or like Madison Square Garden, right? Where you're just like, yeah, right. in
1: the middle, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. But, uh, and a stable center too, just in downtown LA. But just the fact that it's on the water, I think to me, just kind of breaks the tie.
0: Yeah. So anyway, the Heat, uh, they're going to come save the day. The Panthers are going to come save the day. Um, both. Actually, basically starting up at the same time as as they often do. Um, Panthers had their media today, media day today. Heat have theirs on Monday. Um, training camp gets kicked off on Tuesday. I guess first of all, are the Heat going to come save the day? H- how are we feeling now with uh less than a week to go until camp starts?
1: I mean, the same thing with the Panthers, right? I mean, they they have good teams. They, they should both they be good. good yeah, yeah. I think it'd be pretty. We would pretty shocked if they didn't make the playoffs, right? Both teams. Um, So they should be should be fun to watch and fun to follow this season, you know. And I do think the Heat will compete for that 3-4 spot in the East um, if they're healthy. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I don't know. If, if we define saving the day as winning a championship, I don't know about that one. But if we define it as, like, a fun team who will make the playoffs and might win a round or two um, and will be, I guess, exciting to, to, to root for, Um, I think, I think the Panthers and the Heat will do that.
0: Yeah. I think the Panthers are weirdly like the safest bet to like kind of, um, be like entertaining and fun from start to finish because the expectations are just lower for them, right? Like there's a a segment of Heat fans who are frustrated with anything but a championship basically, right? And I, I don't think either of us necessarily think they're a legit top tier title contender, but, uh. It's at least going to be – it's nice to get some competence back in the uh, South Florida sports world this week, and that's what I expect from the Heat.
1: Isn't it crazy, though, like a week ago after the Dolphins beat the Patriots in New England? And I'm not, back I'm the not writing
0: off the Dolphins. The Tua thing sucks, and he yeah. might miss a bunch of time, and that might totally derail their season. But, yeah, like I'm, I almost throw out that Bills game except for the fact that it showed us that without Tua this team is in trouble and, and Tua might not be around for a month.
1: That's the thing. I mean, you go to Vegas and you know, crazy things happen in the NFL every week. I mean things there's so much parity that you just never know what's gonna happen. But you would think the Dolphins probably are not gonna beat the Raiders, right, without Tua. So you're starting one and two and it's just not, not ideal for the Dolphins, but yeah, enough for the Dolphins. But yeah, I mean I, I do think I do think that he will he and the Panthers will be refreshing, I would say. For for South Florida sports fans, uh, after kind of the way the season's begun for the Hurricanes, especially and and now the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing I, I use the word competence for both of them, and that is that's obviously kind of defined the Heat basically for the entirety of Pat Riley's tenure, save for maybe like a bad Dion Waiters and James Johnson contract, but like for the most part, they're just like. You know they're going to be, like, professional. They're not going to, like, screw things up too badly. They're not going to whiff on their draft picks horribly. They're not going to – there's not going to be, like, controversy swirling around them at all times. Um, Coaching changes
1: every other year. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and that's that's been the Dolphins and uh, the Hurricanes. You know, I, I think the Dolphins, again, if we were recording this a week ago, people would feel differently, I think. Because I think I think Brian Flores clearly is. There's obviously a lot of question around Chris Greer, but those are again two teams that are just kind of always swirling with like. There's always something happening. Obviously the Marlins are the same. The Panthers historically have been basically as bad as anyone with that, but I think with their new uh, GM and coach, uh, they, they seem to have things kind of figured out. Um, but yeah, the Heat are as always. I, I feel like we did this epi- this like exact episode like two or three years ago when it was like really dire. Maybe it was a, the really bad Dolphins year, um, and it was the Heat were coming to to save the day. Um, and uh, yeah, here they are again. Um,
1: but th- but that's why that's why like there's the Heat have so much cachet, right? In South Florida, like I know people make fun of Heat fans for saying he culture this, he culture that, and and just. How uh, much look they what they're being disapp-
0: against <laughs> right that's the,
1: that's the thing That's exactly what I was gonna say like look what they're being compared to right like yeah. that that I mean that helps the heats cost so much like they're, yeah. they're, look what they're being compared to so um that's why they you know they have the reputation they do especially in this market um because they're cle- very clearly the class of software sports now for what the last 20 years or so like it's been a while yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I don't even know who else would be in the conversation, right? The Marlins have two championships, so that's about it. Um, and I guess one of those, that's 25 years. You have to go back for that first one now. Um, so anyway, uh, as we said, media day coming Monday, training camp getting started Tuesday. Um, I will not be there for media day. I'm actually going to cover the Dolphins this weekend, so I'll be traveling back. But you will obviously be there um, in person stuff for the first time in a long time, basically. Yeah. Um even some of the the practice, I guess you're not going to be able to see practice, but in-person stuff, you know, talking to guys. Just what are, what are you looking forward to seeing on on Monday, I guess specifically, um, and then just in that kind of first week of training camp.
1: Well, uh, you, you just said it. In-person mm-hmm. interviews for the first time in like 18 months, which is just kind of crazy when you think about it. But that that'll be that'll be nice to kind of not have to do these over Zoom every day like we did the last year and a half. Um, but other than that, I mean, we haven't really spoken with Eric Spolstra since Game 4 of the first round of playoffs. Like, we we spoken to him a couple of times with the Team USA stuff, but we haven't talked to him about the actual, like, heat stuff since Game 4 of the playoffs. So um, it'll be good to kind of get his thoughts on, you know, not only the returning guys, but the addition of Kyle and PJ and Markeef and, you know, what were his impressions of Yurtsev in, in Summer League um, you know, the next step for Bam and Tyler, like that type of stuff where we really haven't spoken to him since that, since that series ended. So which is kind of, we're just kind of unique. Like usually we get them once or twice in off season, uh, but it just hasn't been the case this year. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, I think Kyle, Jimmy and Bam are going to each speak individually uh, at the podium on media day, um, which I think that would be interesting. Um, you know, usually it's one guy, maybe at media day who speaks at the podium. The heat up three this year, which is kind of, a sign of kind of how talented this roster can be, the top-heavy this roster is. Um, you know, a lot of times those guys, like, stars like that, you know, LeBron and Dwayne and CB were on the Heat, like, they would coordinate, like, their talking points, right? So they were on the same right. page. I'm kind of interested to see, like, what – how they kind of answer questions, if it's kind of this, you know, same talking points, same kind of narrative. Um, I think that'll be interesting. Um, I want to see Tyler Hero's new muscles – Right? Yeah, I, I, mean, that. so I much... want
0: to see if that's Photoshop, if that's yeah. – uh, yeah, you need to bring, like, a little tape measure to actually uh, give us a <laughs> official official judgment there.
1: Yeah, it'll be good to see in person and kind of, uh, kind of see what where he stands, you know, physically, because it does seem like he's added a good amount of weight. And I think Barry spoke with a former Heat so conditioning coach this week, and he said it himself. He said his body has transformed, like he's added 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. He looks totally different, so that'll be interesting to see kind of how he looks physically. And then my, the last thing, you know, that, you know, other than like you know just talking to PJ and and, and Marquise and some of the new guys, uh, I'm I'm interested to see if, if Victor Oladipo will talk. You no, haven't spoken to him. I, hadn't since, even, I had
0: not even thought about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he might not just because he's hurt and he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. He's probably not, you know, he's not going to practice obviously in camp. Um, at least, you know, at least not a full participant in practice. Right. Um, but he hasn't spoken. Since his injury in March, um, yeah. we haven't gotten him. So I, I wonder if they'll make him available. So those are some of the things I'm looking, for, you know, looking uh, to see, you know, on Monday how that kind of all unfolds. Um, and after that, I guess it's just practice, you know, every day, and, and we'll talk to different guys each day. But, but Monday will be interesting because it'll be the first time we talked to a lot of those guys.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the in person point, and we we talked about this, I, I think, a lot throughout last year, like the way the the team that went to the finals, um, and you can put all the asterisks you want on that team, but being around that team a lot in person, like, you could, t- like, the the chemistry we talked a lot about was, was really special with that group, um, and that's the kind of thing you can only really get a feel from, but, and, you know, some of it is, you know, you don't know what they're putting on a show and all that kind of stuff, but it seemed very genuine, obviously, and, And Jimmy and and Bam are pretty genuine guys, I think. Like, you know, Jimmy is not the kind of guy who cares necessarily what people think about him, right? So, um, but that team that went to the finals, you could really get a sense of their chemistry by being around them a lot. And obviously that was something we just had no idea about last year. Uh, They had a lot of the same pieces back. So I think we kind of assumed they had that same kind of feeling. Um, But this will be a good chance – with in person, just seeing the, how the guys interact with each other, even if you're not standing around in the locker room, um, you know that certainly helps you give an insight. And especially with the infusion of Kyle Lowry, who is a big personality. I, I'm, I'm again, like I said, I won't be there, but I'll be interested to see throughout the season, throughout training camp, um, how he kind of fits into this locker room that does have kind of a lot of big personalities in it.
1: Yeah, and I think it helps that. Him and Jimmy are close, right? Right, I mean, exactly. Very close when, when friends. You talk about
0: the coordinated talking points, like Jimmy is not the kind of guy that I think is like going to tell Bam what to say necessarily, and I don't right. like. But he and Kyle Lowry might have the same talking points because they're really good friends and they just talk a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no that's a good point. And yeah, I, I you know, obviously covering in person is is, a, is much better than covering over Zoom. Um, so th- you know that that will be good because yeah, I mean it was hard to get a feel for the guys last season just because we'd get them for, like, five minutes at a time on Zoom, and then they'd be done. We would never see them again. You don't see them again. Right. right. There's so much that can be taken away, even if we're not talking to them just from watching last 15 minutes of practice or going to a shoot-around and, and seeing the guys interact. Or, I know we won't be in the locker room at least to start the season, but going to the locker room and, and kind of seeing how guys interact in there, like, we didn't get that last year. So, yeah, how
0: they react to wins, how they react to losses. Yeah. Um, right. You know, through the, like – it's it's weird to talk about Myers Leonard now because of everything that has happened, but he was a guy that we probably very rarely actually interviewed, but was such like an integral part of like that locker room dynamic, and yeah. like guys like that, like those bit players, were just kind of ignored last year because of the way we, you know, you got a couple of guys on Zoom interviews and that was it. Like those guys got ignored last year, and guys like that with that stature can be real with that like level of playing time and stature and personality can be really integral to to team chemistry, to team dynamics. And again, like we just have no idea what that was like last year.
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. That, that all, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing I'm looking forward to on me today. Aside from other other stuff, you know, we could figure out as training camp goes on and preseason goes on, but just being there in person for the first time, interviewing guys in person getting a feel for guys, especially the new guys. Um, that's all going to be kind of interesting on Monday, um, especially with like the new pro, you know, there, there are certain protocols that are going to be in place, you know, obviously still because COVID is still around. Um, but just being able to do it in person, not over Zoom again, uh, makes a world of a difference.
0: Um, anyone else? Like we mentioned, obviously, Kyle Lowry is the one newcomer who's really interesting. And, and you mentioned Oladipo. Any of the other guys who like, I don't know, you're just kind of, yeah. Like PJ Tucker is the one I P. think. P. J. Those, yeah. Yeah. Is he the is he the other guy that you're interested to see?
1: I would say PJ. yeah, I would say PJ and Markeef, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think PJ's you know, everyone expects him to be the starter. Um, just because, you know, again he's making it's not all based on salary, but he is the higher paid one of the two and he's yep. played a big role for the Bucs last season, one uh, that you know, which won the championship. So I think everyone expects PJ to start. Um but yeah, those are the two new guys that you know, aside from Kyle you know, I'm looking forward to talking to you as well, because they're going to have important roles. I mean, how long have we spoken about the heat trying to fill Jay Crowder's spot? Yeah. Like we've, I feel like we've talked about that for, you know, ever since the, the day after Jay be left. Right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, I mean, it, it feels like it's a con- continuous storyline. So um, that's going to be one of the big storylines of training camp, like how PJ and, and Markeith kind of fit in that, in that role. And, you know, on paper, they seem to fit well. I mean, they they fit the mold. You know, they can stretch the floor. They're bigger, you know, bigger small ball forwards. If that makes sense, they can guard up. Um, they're both good defenders, tough defenders, physical. Like they fit the mold. So, um, you know, I, I know that guys are gonna, they're not gonna want to be compared to Jay because they're, everyone's different. But the truth of the matter is, they're gonna be compared to Jay, and kind of because they're gonna be playing that role. So. If I had to pick other new other newcomers that you know I'm looking forward to talking to, definitely those two will be near the top of the list.
0: All right, we're gonna save kind of our like uh, real like predictions for as we get closer to the season, um, and you know, we've even got a couple of weeks until the first preseason game. But but two big picture, well, I guess one big picture thought. One big picture question as we go in is just the idea of, will this team be better than last year's team, right? That's the uh, ultimately kind of all that matters, right? After it, it's really, the, you know, the Heat were exactly in that middle of the Eastern Conference, right? That is the pivot point where if you're, if you were worse than the Heat last year, it was not good. Like you did not have that good of a season Um, in the East. If you were better than the Heat last year, um, well, the team that finished right ahead of them uh went to the Eastern Conference finals, right? Or, like, yeah, the Hawks, I think, were fifth, right? So
1: Yeah.
0: And so, yes. yeah. Hawks, Knicks, and Heat were spot.
1: separated by, like, a game. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, if the Heat can improve on that, they're in that mix for that three seed, which is, I think, what we both view as the ceiling for this team. Um, do you expect this team to be better or worse than last year, and why?
1: Um, I think I, I expect them to be better. I expect them to be better. Um, I think that's probably the more popular answer. Here.
0: Yeah, I think they're the. I would guess the like over under.
1: Yeah, I mean had
0: them finishing better than last year.
1: Yeah, they were forty and thirty two last year. Obviously, it was a seventy two game schedule. Yeah. Finished sixth in the East. Um, ranked eighteenth in offense, tenth in defense. I I really think they're gonna be a top five defensive team. Just with the personnel they have. I mean, you look at the defensive lineups they can throw out with Bam, PJ, Jimmy, Kyle, and you know, I guess Duncan is the fifth guy just for shooting or I mean when Victor's healthy you can put Victor in there. Like their their defensive combinations could be scary. Um I, I think they're gonna be a top five defensive team. I think they need to be a top five defensive team to really be to reach that ceiling. Because I, I, I don't know how I don't know how good offensively this team's gonna be. I'll say that. Like I, I think it'll be better than eighteenth, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're like still around the middle of the pack. Like fourteenth or so 15th and that might be good enough if you're a top five defense and you're at league average in offense that's probably good enough to be a three or four seed in the east um so i think they're really going to have to rely on their defense to win games um be just good enough offensively um and i think you know i think they'll do that um one of the you know i'll, I'll list i made a list of reasons why i think this seems to be better one of them you know jimmy missed 20 games last season
0: yeah. I mean, that's and the easiest one, right, is the, yeah. the easiest reason to assume this team is going to be better than last year's team is basically the effects of the bubble, right? We saw it with every every team that went made a deep run in the bubble playoffs um, had either, like, a major injury or just, like, perpetual injuries um, and underachieved come playoff time. Yes,
1: all, exactly. all four
0: of the teams that went to the conference finals, three got knocked out in the first round. Then, of course, the Nuggets made it to the second round, but, you know, they had... Uh, Jamal Murray torn ACL. Um, whether or not that had anything to do with um, the bubble, I think is, like, fair to... Uh, I, people wanted to throw that right on the compressed schedule, but, like, it's an ACL tear. Like, those are fluke injuries a lot of the time. Um, but, yeah, again, those teams all had some sort of serious disruption. And if you just throw out that level of disruption and give them kind of a normal team's level of, like, injury adversity and all that kind of stuff, then the Heat are better than they were last year. It's, it's it's as simple as
1: that. Yeah, and and you could just turn to Jimmy for for what you're talking about. Like the Heat were seven and thirteen in the games he missed, yeah. <laughs> and you know if he doesn't if he misses ten instead of twenty, all of a sudden the Heat are probably the 4th seed in the East, right? Um, so yeah, just that alone, and then you add the you know the addition of Lowry, I think is going to help a lot. Um, I know Kyle's, you know what thirty five now, but he, he's going to help on the offensive end. Just having like a true point guard who can take some of the pressure off of Jimmy, that's going to help Jimmy and his workload. Um, Kyle's shooting, he's a good three-point shooter Defensively, having a point guard Who could really guard on the perimeter And also take charges I mean, Kyle's known for taking charges The Heat are going to love that Um, That's going to help And then having, we just talked about PJ and Markeith Who, yes, we know I know they had, I think both had Not great shooting seasons last year But they've shown in the past That they could be above-average shooters And, you know, defensively We know what they could do so that should be also an upgrade at that position, especially having two of those guys, where you could, when one comes out, you could still play that style, uh, and not have too much of a drop off. So I think that's important. And I don't know, David, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think last year there really wasn't too much clarity in the rotation. Like there was yeah. always a conversation of should Hero start? Should he play yeah, well, bench? The season none? had
0: its like we, we you talk about the disruptions of um, injuries and fatigue and any of that stuff, but really the 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 first like place where that uncertainty kind of started to seep in was right away when they started Tyler Hero point guard, and it just that experiment did not work, and they did not have a good backup plan for it, um, and that that everything kind of came apart from there, I think.
1: Yeah, and and then you look at Kendrick Nunn too. I mean, he was out of the rotation, in the rotation, right. um, Goron Dragic with you know should he start? You know, I, it was just there were a lot of question marks. Precious in and out of the rotation. There were a lot of question marks. I think there's a lot more clarity with this roster. I mean, you know the starting five probably is going to be Kyle, Jimmy, Duncan, PJ, and Bam. And then your first three off the bench, Tyler, Dwayne, Deadman, and, and Marquise Morris. So that's eight right there. And then you're looking for a ninth guy, you know, either going to be Gabe Vincent, Max True, something like that. But there's just so much more clarity, I think, with how the rotation is going to look. Um, but I think that's going to be a plus and help this team.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the offense. Um and to me, the, the two guys who I think have the chance to elevate that offense are, uh, Tyler Hero, like, stepping back up to being, um, I don't want to say rookie year Tyler Hero, because statistically, I think sophomore year Tyler Hero is better, but, like, taking the leap, I think people expect it.
1: Bubble Tyler Hero. Oh, well,
0: bubble, but I don't even want to say bubble Tyler Hero, because that was like, I, if he hits that, then he's Devin Booker, and of course, this team's incredible. Um, but it is, that leap happening, that year two leap happening before year three, and the Kyle Lowry. I mean, that we how many times over the last twelve months have we talked about how hard it is for the Heat to run offense because their two best players are non shooters, and Kyle Lowry is the yes. like, can single handedly change that.
1: For sure. Yeah, and, and just. Jibby being able to play off the ball, I think, is going to be helpful for him. Yeah, he's I mean, the best,
0: arguably the best cutter in the league. I think, like for a guy at his stature, there's probably like some random guy who's like insanely good at cutting, but for a superstar player, no one. Cuts he's good at him.
1: it. Yeah, and, and and also like he's pretty good at posting up too. Like I'm interested to see how much he kind of incorporates that into his game this year as well. You know, in post up to where he's able to play off the ball and kind of take advantage of maybe size mismatches he had, has he can do you know him and go the pick and roll with Goran and Jimmy last year too was really effective now you you know you you could use a pick and roll of Kyle and Jimmy um a lot more because Kyle's probably gonna play more minutes than Goran did last year um so yeah I mean there's just a lot more I think it adds another layer to the Heat's offense again I still don't think I still don't know how good his offense gonna be just because um like we spoke like we talked about like you know Bam and Jimmy, you know they're they're better defenders than their offensive play. Our offensive players, right? I think, I mean, that's a credit to how good they are defensively. But that's probably the truth. So, um, I, you know, they don't have the thirty point score that other teams do. You know, it's more of a just kind of a, a diverse offensive attack. Um, I, I still think this this team could, you know, if you're if you're average on offense, I think that's pretty good for for this roster because I think they're going to be that good defensively.
0: So this team, uh does not improve from last year and, and gets worse. Why Why would that have happened?
1: I mean, the, the easy answer is depth, right? I mean, yeah. depth, I think, is the easy... Like, when you look at flaws of this roster, it, it's that. Um, I mean, we just talked about top eight, and and that's fine. Like, top eight's pretty good, but if anybody gets hurt there, they're in a tough spot. I mean, you're going to be relying on Gabe, Vincent, and Max Truce, which are both... You know, I think the heat are high on both those guys, but if you're having to play them, you know, 25 minutes a game, like, that's not optimal. Um, Victor Oladipo being hurt, this team already, you know, is probably going to enter the season with 14 guys, not not the maximum of 15. Um, and Victor's I mean, yeah, Victor Oladipo's hurt. That's 13. And then, you know, if you don't count Udonis because, you know, he doesn't play much, that's 12. So depth could be an issue, and that could be a problem that he run into. Um, and then the offense. Is the offense going to be good enough? If the offense doesn't – is not league average and it's instead 20 to 22, like – he might finish 6th in the East again, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know how they could well, finish the top East, 4 in the
0: East. I think a lot of people expect the East to be better this year, too, which is...
1: Yeah, right. I don't know the last team that entered the playoffs with home-court advantage that was, you know, the you know 20th in offense or worse. So the offense has to make a little bit of an improvement. And then to go with the depth, just the age of the roster. You know, you have four guys probably going to be in the rotation over 30. Jimmy's 32, Kyle's 35, PJ's 36, Mark Keefe is 32, Dedman is 32, so will there be load management? You know, will guys need rest, you know, with, with kind of the full 82 game schedule again, you know, will, will some of the guys run into injuries? Like that's always a concern where, um, especially for a team that, you know, this age and, and maybe where depth is a question.
0: All right, let's uh, wrap things up, um, by, like you said, we're going to wait for our full predictions episode until we get closer to the season. But, uh, Let's each make one bold prediction as we head into training camp here. Um, do you want to start? Do
1: you have a good one in mind? I don't know how good mine is, but I, I'm going to say that... We did
0: not compare these, by the way.
1: No, you don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what you're going to say. I'm going to say that Omar Yurtseven 7 is going to be part of the rotation at some point this season. Your guy! I know. I'm kind of high. And I just think, you know, I, I think defense is going to be his issue that he has to kind of address, Especially like in camp and practices and being part of NBA practices, I, I think that's going to be an issue that he's going to have to get better at to, to get NBA playing time. But I think he will. I think he has the size. I think he has the feet. I think um, you know he, he saw the improvement a little bit in the summer league already on that end. But I just think offensively, we talk about offense a lot. If this team is going to need scores on the in the court on the court. You know, your seven can do that, and he can stretch the floor. He fits perfectly next to Bam. He could protect the rim behind Bam. I just think there's going to be a role for him this season. Um, might not be right away because I said again he needs to the, he needs to get better at some things. But I think by the end of the year he's playing um, fairly consistently. I would say that's my bold prediction. I'm just that's not based on any reporting. I'm just that's my prediction for how things unfold this year. He
0: like you think he can be the like so. Obviously they got Bam, right? Like right. that's that's the definitely really the Bam's thing. He's
1: <laughs> taking Bam, John. No,
0: and it seems like they're, they're really are saying like one of Yurt Seven or Deadman has to like be the guy, right? Like it, like it feels like there is an opportunity for for Yurt Seven to be. He's not like those two are obviously very different players. I don't want to like compare yeah. them, but they are like the centers, right? They're that traditional like size for a center. He,
1: yeah, it seems yeah. like the
0: opportunity is there for him at least.
1: The opportunity is there, and I know Denman is good. He was really did well as Bam's backup um, last season after he was signed in April. Um, but, I mean, like you said, they're different. So if the Heat need offense, right, which I think they're going to need during stretches this season just because of the way the roster is constructed, I think Yurt Seven will be the guy to turn to. Um, he just has to prove he could hold his own defensively, which is, again, the question that will decide how much he plays. Um, but I I do think that they'll, like, I I don't think Devin's going to lose spot in the rotation. I'm not saying that. But I think there'll be games where it might be either or sometimes based on the matchup and based on what the Heat needs. And I think the Heat won't be afraid to play year seven because, again, he, he just fits what they need next to Bam. And, and him well, yeah, and Bam six- can play together. With, when you're thinking, thinking about a ceiling for him,
0: like are you kind of thinking like Kelly Olenek? Like that's kind of he can be, feel that Kelly Olynyk. I know
1: people will get frustrated with Kelly yeah. Olynyk
0: sometimes, but they, they missed him a lot when he left, obviously.
1: Yeah. I, I think so. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Kelly Olenek now, but it, theoretically he should fit better next to Bam because he's a, rim, he's a rebounder, A, right? Kelly wasn't the best rebounder for his size. That wasn't his strength. And your seven can also block shots. He's a seven-footer. And he protects the rim, and we saw that in summer league. I know summer league is very different, but still getting three or four blocks in some games, getting double-digit rebounds most games. Um, works out of the post too. Now Kelly didn't do that much as either. I mean, he was more of a, a spot-up shooter with the Heat. Um, so I, I think Year Seven might have a little more to his game. I mean, you know, I'm not, he's not going to be Kelly this year, but I think he has the potential to be better than Kelly down the road. All
0: right, my bold prediction. I don't know how bold it is. Does sound crazy? No, I I like here at seven. I I, I think I'm a (laughs) little worried. It's uh, reaction to like overreaction to summer league, which I do like every year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I mean, we it's something we have talked about a lot. The idea that those guys who we saw in summer league are gonna have to play, right? Like, I I don't have this as a bold prediction, but because I don't even think it's a bold prediction. Like, Max Struess is gonna play a lot, right? Like, that's a crazy thing to say, just like. Like if you had no context of the heat and the roster construction to say like Max Struess is gonna play a lot. Like if you said that to like a random person, they'd be like, What are you how is this team going to be good? Um but like he is. And um I, I think getting like one more of those guys we saw in summer league to hit, because I, I like Struess. I think like he's a legit like he was pretty good last year when he had to get thrown into action. Um it's like the year the Either Yurt or or just um, Garrett, right? Or like Caleb that, that's that's yeah. a, that's those are the X factors for this team, and and I think um Yurt's as safe a bet as any could be like the next Heat guy to come out
1: of nowhere. Yeah, um, All right. Got to don't sound crazy.
0: My again, I don't know how bold my prediction is because um, I really don't know where the the expectation is on this guy right now, but I think that Tyler Hero leap is coming. I yeah. think I think like if you I know he had like a I guess. A, people will probably describe it as a frustrating second season. Um, but if you look like kind of at his peripheral numbers, like his, you know, his he shot 50% from two point range. That was a pretty big jump from the year before. Uh, his field goal percentage went up. Um, you know, he was more efficient as a scorer in, on higher volume. And like, that is, um, like (laughs) it's a, it's hard to do, right. That's like, that's the sign of a good NBA player. um, I think if that three-point percentage ticks back up, um, he shot it – where did this number go? 36% from three last year and 38.9 the year before. If he ticks it back up to that 38 range, like, that makes a huge difference just in terms of um, the spacing that this team needs and, um, you know, that extra – You know that that's not the difference between him being – that alone is not the difference between him being a 15-point-a-game score and a 17-point-a-game score. But it just makes him even more efficient. Um, And I think most importantly, like, I I think the reason his season frustrated a lot of people is that this team was such a bad three-point shooting team after it was such a good three-point shooting team the year before. And his drop-off, you know, obviously everyone dropped off. Like, Duncan Robinson dropped off. But, like, I think people expected Tyler Hero, former first-round pick, to improve from year one to year two and when he regressed as a shooter. And that was really the only area of his game where he regressed. Um, he kind of shouldered a lot of the uh, the blame for that, and um, you know, I, I think he has proven to be a like well-rounded offensive player. Uh, he's he, polished. Yeah, I trust him to get that three-point shot back up, and I think that'll make a huge difference. You know, I don't know if his numbers will be crazy different, but um, I think he's going to, you know, he's going to be an important part of this offense and, and, and he feels a, a really important need for them with his shooting ability um, or supposed or supposed shooting ability that I, again, I feel, I feel like that's going to come back.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and he's talked about this in the past, but just getting his free throw attempts up a game too, maybe to, to like taking two more free throws a game. Um, and that's where, you know, his added strength. That takes up too a little
0: game. bit from year one to year two.
1: Oh, yeah. I know he
0: played more minutes, but, you know, and he's, actually his free throw percentage dipped a lot. Um, which is another place he was giving away points.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's still a decent. He's still oh, not decent. He's still good. Th- uh, good free throw shooter. Shot 80% last year. Yeah, he if, he could, percent, yeah. yeah if, if he could take two a game, two more game. I mean, all of a sudden that takes him from 15 to like 16 to 17 points a game. Even if he just shoots the same from three, which you would expect he's gonna have a better shooting season. Um, so yeah, I I, I think that's I like that take. But let, let's make the t- let's make your prediction a little bolder. All right, do, do you think? he will be one of the top candidates for sixth man of the year this season? Do you think he'll be, like, in the running down the stretch of the season?
0: Um, I don't know enough the landscape of the sixth man situation, but if I, if the Heat are as good as we think they're going to be and they're the three seed, I, I would say yes.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, any bench player who's averaging 17 points a game, like, has to be in consideration, yeah. right? So, um, okay. And he
0: plays a lot of fourth quarter. He still played a lot of fourth quarter minutes last year, which was um, – you know, that was kind of the thing that stood out about his rookie year, and, and even when he quote-unquote struggled as a, uh, as a sophomore, um, he was still playing a lot in the fourth quarter, and they, they clearly trust him, right? And that's as much you could ask for. My uh, my bolder prediction would be something struce Struc related but I don't have uh, – I didn't have anything specific in mind. But I'm, I'm high – the Struce is loose, and I'm high on the Struess.
1: Max Struce is taking Duncan Robinson's job. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think I'm almost
0: just you. Maybe that's my bold prediction.
1: Wow, that, that's that is really bold. <laughs> I like that. That's
0: that's just Joe Ingles.
1: Hey, that's not.
0: That's not a bad comp. That that's I just not a on.
1: bad comp. I mean, Ingles is a really good passer, and he can play more. Yeah, of I, don't, play I don't know the if he right. that,
0: but they've got like, an uh, Ingles, I feel like is taller. I don't know off the top of my head. Um. Ingles is yeah he's six eight. That's not why Max Schuus is six
1: eight. I think Max Schreus is like six six, six or something. Yeah, I would like guess that. six, six. Yeah. That's what he's listed So, yeah.
0: but he's got that same like my I've old, my take on Max Schuus has always been. I think he's I don't know what the metrics say, but I think he could be a good defender because he's like pretty thick. Yeah, got a, a good low center of gravity and, and all. I think he can be a good defender, and that's obviously a huge part of angles. That's what made me think Joe Angles like three point shooting defense. But I, I don't know if Schuus has the passing.
1: Yeah, right, right. But no, I, I do think Shrews is going to play a role, a significant role on this team. Like he's going to be, in, he's going to be that ninth guy probably most games. I'm thinking, just because of his shooting.
0: The Heat, you would feel so much better about the Heat if they just had someone last year who shot 45 percent from three, like Joe Ingles did.
1: Yeah, I mean, go, I mean. The year before, that was the secret. That was two, like the entire best.
0: roster. Yeah, like
1: Goron, Jay, Duncan, Tyler in the bubble. Like they were all shooting that, and, and that was. I mean, they were the second best three point shooting team in the league that year. Yeah. Um, that was really the story of last season when you look at it. They were better defensively last season. Offensively, they took a step back mainly because their three point shooting really regressed. So, um, that's gonna be, um, obviously a number to watch this year. Can they? get back or just close to where they were two years ago when it comes to three-point shooting.
0: Yeah, I think that's what drew me to a Tyler Hero prediction because it it feels like the pivot point for this roster. Like, Duncan Robinson, I I know his number dropped a lot, but I think everyone, like, it was understandable, right? Like, like, he like such high-difficulty shots, and the the shots only became higher in difficulty when the rest of the shooting fell apart around him. But Tyler Hero, to me, is both a, uh, like, symbolic of what the Heat turnaround could, what could lead to the Heat turnaround this year and one of the most important parts of it because he has, I think, you know, I I know he likes to say he's not a pure shooter and he is, you know, he's not just a shooter, but he has a chance to be still a really good shooter. And and if he uh, can bring his game, bring his shooting up, you know, a couple percentage points, um, you know, a couple, like up to what I say he was last year. Or a, a three thirty-eight point nine as a rookie. If he's back around there, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, um, and he can—he's a guy who can create his own shot too. That—that that really would change uh, the outlook of the offense.
1: How about this, Tyler Hero? Still the youngest player on the Heat's roster. I
0: know, so and, how, and he uh, will
1: be for the next forty years because they have no draft picks. <laughs> that's so—that's so true. But even—even even with the undrafted guys, like even the Exhibit Ten guys, yeah, Tyler Hero is the youngest guy on the roster.
0: But Yurt also fits into that because he can shoot it, right? And they, they yeah. desperately, you know, the, the Kelly Olinick for Victor Oladipo trade is, they made it, uh, you know, I think it's totally understandable why they made it. But, you know, losing Myers Leonard and then losing Kelly Olinick, those are two really good three point shooters. And, and they missed it down the stretch because they had no big men who could shoot. And you kind of need that in the NBA today. And, and Yurt is, um, you know, I don't know if he's the pure shooter that either of those two guys are, but, he at least has the confidence to to shoot it from up there, as we saw in summer league.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I got a text. I'm sorry. Never mind. Three, two, one. What were you What were you saying? You were talking I said, about. he
0: to help fills that three point shoot three point shooting big man that would help bring that three point percentage back up potentially. I was going to make a point,
1: but I forgot what I was going to say.
0: Um, I said the last line I said was we saw in Vegas that he's at least a willing shooter. All right, we can wrap things up there. Um, Anthony, uh, you got anything coming before uh, training camp kicks off on Tuesday?
1: Of course, preview stuff. There will be a lot of preview stuff um, Thursday. This podcast comes out Thursday, but starting Thursday through Sunday on the eve of media day, we will have preview content each day for you. So look out for that. And one, one note, you know, that kind of we didn't mention this week, but it's kind of surprising that we haven't gotten the answer to this yet. Is the investigations around the Heat's acquisition for Kyle Lowry? Oh yeah, we're for, still for that. It's still pending. <laughs> With media day and summer camp just days away, so every week I'm like, this is the week we're going to get the answer. This, the, but you know, time is running out. I, I don't know if at this point it's going to spill into camp. What will Um, happen
0: first? The Heat will acquire a player younger than Tyler Hero, or we'll find out the Heat's punishment for uh, alleged tampering?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's been a month and a half since that investigation um, began. Um, So I know, again, when I spoke with somebody after when the news came out about the investigation, they said it would take at least two weeks. I think it's been like six weeks. Um, So, yeah, I would think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we find the answer in the next few days before media day, you would think they want it done by then. Um, but at this point, who knows, right?
0: Yeah, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson two. Um, a lot of football from me. A little bit of Panthers as we get training camp started on Thursday. There, um, you know, so some of the similar kind of previewish type content coming um, in the uh, the next couple of days. Uh, Also, be sure to check out. uh, We had a lot of stuff about Jose Fernandez uh, in the paper on Wednesday. Yeah, Um, I have not read it all yet. I've read kind of the leads of a lot of the stories, but but a lot of good stuff from uh, Jordan McPherson, our Marlins beat writer, uh, Greg Cody, and uh, Michelle Kaufman, who uh, wrote a story about uh, Jose's mom. Which uh, that's the one I've kind of started to read a little bit of. That is uh, really good. So uh, check all that out. It's the five year anniversary of his death. Um, So. If, uh, if you uh, want to check out some of that stuff, it is all available at MiamiHerald.com. Um, thanks, as always, for listening, though, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.